2: control that, and if you think, well, that's bad, I'm thinking about the soccer coach when I'm, you know, then actually what happens is you just kind of shut down everything. I tell patients it's really okay to occasionally use other people, other fantasies in the service of your own sexual relationship.
3: Everyone, I'm Dr. Oz, and this is the Dr. Oz podcast. Well, we're having a menage a quatre with uh, Gail Saul, <laughs> a psychiatrist at the uh, New York Presbyterian Cornell, author of Anatomy of a Secret Life and Changing You: A Guide to Body Changes and Sexuality. Frequent guest on the Oprah Show, columnist for Oprah Magazine, on the Today Show, all over the place, and for good reasons because she's very good at explaining some some very delicate topics in ways we can understand. Uh, Gail, thanks for joining us.
2: Pleasure to be here.
3: Now, her counterpoint is going to be Chip Rowe who's the Playboy advisor, senior editor at Playboy magazine. Uh, She's been answering questions for Playboy readers on sex and dating and relationships and etiquette. I don't know if most men have much etiquette, <laughs> so a lot to talk about there. And lots of topics uh, for uh, for 12 years, 13 years now. Uh, and each month he takes about 500 emails and letters, picks the most provocative ones uh, with the most pertinent queries and responds to them. And uh, this is actually how a lot of guys get their sex advice. So, Gail, okay, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, since it's a apropos of this discussion, you actually prescribe pornography. You'll prescribe Playboy magazine to some patients. Why?
2: Basically, it's a tool that can be used in your armamentarium or in your toolbox of what you're going to use to stimulate your appetite. Because, quite honestly, low desire is a big... First of all, let me say, sexual dysfunction is a real issue for this country. Mm-hmm. You know, There was sort of a watershed study in JAMA a few years ago that said that 43% of people are having some sort of sexual dysfunction. Mm. So a large chunk of those are actually in the arena of desire. And, you know, it can be, of course, biological and hormonal, but often it's not. It's often a psychological issue. And something that can be, and, and, you know, a lot of women particularly are inhibited (coughs) and uncomfortable with using fantasy to stimulate their arousal, to increase their desire, and it, these come out of old, you know, myths and and legends of growing up where sex is dirty, sex is shameful. If you want to think about erotic things, you must not be a very nice girl. Mm-hmm. And so I see a tremendous number of women who come in and say, you know, I don't have desire. And I say, well, what are you thinking about during sex? And they say, eh, what what am I going to make for dinner tomorrow night if I need to pick <laughs> up the dry cleaning? Oh, look, there's a crack on the ceiling. We better paint that tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. they're just not... Focused on something really erotic, and, you know, it's, frankly, it's pretty tough to enjoy yourself, get aroused, and certainly have an orgasm if you're having no fantasy. So, in comes erotica. Mm -hmm. If I prescribe, first of all, women are very visually stimulated, and uh, contrary to popular myth that men like visual stimulation and women don't.
3: Is that a myth? Because that was actually one of the things that uh, I have learned, believe it or not, doing this show. Yes. Was that guys like light when they have sex. Women, they, I'm told, like dark when they have sex, which is why guys seem to be more comfortable with pornography as part of the experience.
2: Well, I would say that's true and untrue in that, you know, men are more visual than women. Women need some more emotional stimulation. Mm-hmm. For instance, in their erotica, they need a little plot. Right. A little something, a little romance, a little something going on that has something to do with feelings. Mm-hmm. But, that being said, if you put men and women in front of just plain old porn with no you know, no plot, women will also become aroused, genitally aroused. So, in fact, we know that women are visually stimulated. And if I say, you know what, I want you to use this. I am prescribing this film or these fantasy books. Mm -hmm. It it allows women to have permission to do it, to not feel that conflict while they're doing it, oh, I'm bad, which, by the way, puts a real kibosh on arousal. Right, it does. And and it, you know, so it, it's, it's a tool for them. They can enjoy it with their partner. That's usually very exciting. And for women who particularly have trouble letting themselves have fantasy, which mm-hmm. is important, they can borrow fantasy. They can borrow that visual image, or if they read it, if they're so uncomfortable to watch porn, which some women are, I might say, Buy, I, you know, check out these Nancy Friday books. They can borrow that fantasy story and feel okay about it, and it may— begin to let them use their own fantasy.
3: So do you have a a, you know, a reader's list, uh, you know, best hits?
2: You know, it really does depend on the person. You know, I try to assess, I mean, there's some people who I would say, some women I would say, you know, Candida Royale. She makes great pornography for women. Mm-hmm. It's geared toward women. Or I may say, go to... Eve's Garden, because it's a shop run by women. It's not like come again or something where they're right. going to feel uncomfortable <laughs> going in there. And, and you know, women are going to help them select something for them. And then some people, I, I suggest something like real sex, which is real people having sex that's sort of instructive. And there's some people that we're more, uncomfort- more comfortable with, you know, oh, it's a lesson, right. how to do this, how to do that, right. as opposed to just porn for porn. All
3: right, Chip. Now, a lot of times in the, in the spreads in, in Playboy, there's not a lot of plot.
4: No, I actually personally like plot, and I don't know if that's because I've been exposed for 12 years to Playboy, and it's, <laughs> I'm looking at the plot, what's happening, and then I fast-forward through the sex. But, um, <laughs> but everything, everything you said was totally what I you know tell people. is The fantasy is really an easy way, once someone's been married 10 years, to introduce that. And I often said, with the pornography, um, the guy, this is difficult, very difficult for men, but you got to give up the remote. You rent the pornography, and she has the remote, Mm -hmm. and you watch and see where she stops. Mm -hmm. And that tells you a lot about, and a lot of women haven't seen pornography, and you may be surprised by what they find erotic. And the guy also can learn from that, and that's a way to share it. And I know the guy will be sitting there with his hand shaking because it's really hard to give up, <laughs> hand it over to anybody. Oh, I, but um, I love that idea. Sure, it's fun. Yeah. That I way. don't
5: love it
6: too much, honey. We're not getting any <laughs> porn anytime soon.
4: But there's a lot. You know, there's really bad porn. That I would recommend the same things, Candida Royale, and there's, but there's really horrible porn that is just scene after scene. There's no plot. And you do want to have a story, and that. Helps generate what fantasy, and then you can exchange fantasies. Is, is, Candida, I thought, is Candida Royale a, a, a writer? It or sounds like a yeast She's,
2: She's a director. <laughs> she, she produces, she directs. These are, you know, this looks, some women are just not going to be comfortable with this. And that's okay too. That's why I say, like, even, you know, there are some sexy movies that are not porn, mm-hmm. but, you know, have a sexy plot or story and, and, and that can, you know, so in other words, you, you really have to assess yourself. I, d- I would never want to tell a woman, you know, get this and have her be reeling like, oh my God. Uh, uh, and, and that could just send her under a rock and, and the whole libido under a rock. Right, so, right. you you know, if you're, if you think you're just not going to be comfortable with this, I would say reading is, you know, creates a distance even, mm-hmm. and even if it's highly erotic reading. So that's a good way to go. If your husband lo- really likes porn, you know, you can let him watch five minutes of porn while well, you take a shower and have a little candlelight and get yourself ready <laughs> and read something. You can read something together. Look, there are some women who who at the time Sex in the City came out. That was pretty risque. That was pretty sex filled. And even that watching that before the couple got it on was was actually really useful because it just it just kind of planted a lot of ideas in her head for a woman who is inhibited that can really be a boost. Now I, I just just so
6: that we don't sound like we're advocating everybody to go on get porn. Yes. And also to have a differing opinion here, um, which does not really comment on my view of porn, but there is the whole... uh, When I was studying acting, there was this whole idea that what you really have to be is be present and in the moment, and if you're substituting or if you're thinking of someone else, you're really not open and communicating with the person that you're supposed to be with. So if you're engaging in porn and you're thinking about the woman with the triple D breasts and that's what's getting you off, you're really not... Having an intimate, sharing, fulfilled relationship and allowing yourself to be present to the well, moment that, in the sexual thats true. It's act.
4: every single time, but I think everybody introduces that fantasy. If you, after you've been married for a long time, that's the only way to kind of keep it, you know, going. And it, right now, I'm, I'm really—I'm very distracted, actually. Right now, <laughs> uh, where, where am I?
3: We're gonna bring a curtain here. Can you have the curtain, please, around, Chip. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now that they have these fMRI machines, it's really interesting. They're putting people in and showing them porn to see how their brains react. And they have found that men and women both react to porn immediately. But then the way it gets to the center of your brain is different. It's like kind of a lightning storm for women, and like a direct shot for men. That's the kind of simplest way. That's right. For women, it's a lightning storm. Like the lightning storm. It kind of goes all different ways, ends up in the same place. For men, it's like a lightning, one bolt right to the center. (laughs) But it's interesting that the brain reacts you know, 20% faster to a pornographic scene than it does to a neutral scene. So it, it's like almost our brain is in tune to there's sex neurons or something that are reacting immediately. That's what I found interesting, just that it we are all visual.
2: We we are, and, and, I, and to your point, which I do understand, like shouldn't you be with your partner and thinking of your partner? Um, you know, you can... The, it's actually a problem to some degree because most people have fantasies of other things coming in, and you can't really control that. And and if you think, well, that's bad, I'm thinking about the soccer coach when I'm, you know, then actually what happens is you just kind of shut down everything. So it really is, I, I tell patients, it's really okay to occasionally use other people, other fantasies in the service of your own sexual relationship. So, you know, if you, you know, if she pops in there and you're like, Ooh, I'm really, I'm really getting hot, but I'm with my partner and i'm going to please my partner and i'm going to have a lot of pleasure too then you really you you really are connecting and having that intimate moment and i would also add that newness is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, new love, dopamine surge. New new anything, dopamine surge, and that's pleasurable. But what's so hard about a long-term relationship is it stops being new, right? You're like, okay, let's go, same position, (laughs) same place, same. And that's when sex lives die, and when sex lives die, so does the marriage. So you have to inject something new, a little switch it up, a new place, a new position, a little if it's porn, the same person and it's porn, you have an expectation
6: of that person that th- they might not be able to live up to okay, fair based enough. on the porn. Very
2: good point. This can be a real downside. So it's a double-edged sword because some people do become addicted to porn, first of all. Not, because, most of us don't look like porn stars, first of all. And you're right. It can desensitize you, which is why something like real sex may be a better idea for some people than the super souped-up plastic nothing but crotch shots but sometimes
4: you know it's just the idea of the fantasy like if you can discuss if you acknowledge this i'm thinking of so and so or you know you can without the porn being involved you can just come up with a fantasy waitress you know doctor patient would that be terrible but (laughs) but that's a very simple way to kind of spice it up and again it comes it's really people who've been married 10 years or 12 years or 20 years you know the newlyweds aren't writing me and saying how can we spice it up or they do then it's like wow you know, we dated for 15 years before he got married or something. That's what it ends up being. But, but that's, it's really important. That's the number one thing that people can do that's very simple to kind of rev it up.
3: All right, we're just scratching the surface here. But we got a lot more to discuss, so
0: stay with us right after the break. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
1: kemba financial credit union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs apply today at kemba.org to unlock a limited time two percent cash back on purchases and pay zero percent interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from kemba you deserve a card that works for you restrictions apply offer ends june 30th 2024 hi i'm cindy crawford and i'm the founder of meaningful beauty
3: What's the most common question you get?
4: Um, Is this a thing? It's really the deficit of desire. It's one or, Usually, the man writing to say, "I want more sex," and my wife. than my wife, we've been married a little while. And I do recently got a letter from a woman who said, "You know, I want more than my husband."
2: You weren't supposed to mention that. I was going to say, actually, <laughs> the reason you're getting mo- so many more men is because it's Playboy magazine. Sure, yeah. And this 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 group that is, I'm hearing a lot from are of the women sure. who are not getting About the
4: Well, About 30% of the letters, though, are from women. I, they pick up the magazine from their husband. Or, so I really love that perspective. And I actually got this letter, you know, a woman saying, and I was just kind of this in disbelief. I know you'll scold me for this, but That's I said the in the magazine, deal. I don't, I'm not sure I believe it. Now, of course... I'm getting a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of letters. It's the re- right. you will be ready for Playboy soon, Gail. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yo, you said marriage
3: and sex are related. And I I know Lisa and I have uh, many friends, and as soon as they stop having sex within a couple of years, they won't be together. Great. Why is that? Why is that so important? Why can't you just love someone and be around them and sit next to them and hold their hands? Well, I mean, why do you have to have sex for the marriage to last?
2: Well, I will I will tell you my my opinion on that because obviously I can only to some degree tell you opinion. Right. But I will say there are numerous studies that do show that if you have good sexual satisfaction, you are it correlates highly with marital satisfaction. Mm. My you know, look, sexuality is key core part of every human being. It's very primitive um, it's it's very central to who we are, which is why so many women that I see, that come in and say, you know, I'm depressed or my job life isn't working out or my relationship life isn't working out, we come to uncover that, in fact, they're really conflicted about their sexuality. They're having some sort of sexual problem. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's a need. It's, an, an, a, it's a biologically, evolutionarily, right. um, it's a need. And, um, you, you know, in order to have that intimate, really intimate connection, that incredible trust— and really have your needs met. This is something that needs to happen in your relationship. If those needs are not being met, what happens is that individual starts to feel not good about themselves sexually. They really lose confidence. They really lose self esteem. They often struggle with depression, and then they become a lousy marital partner. Right. Um, so you know, it's it's not being married is not having a roommate. And what happens is often you have kids and listen i have 3 and it's the greatest thing on the face of the earth but babies are like the instant sex killer well,
3: they are they they're, just they're like contraception they I mean, they, it's they just you know and the, and the timing i mean i don't know how they know yeah. I mean, you normally they're asleep at 7 in the morning but not today that's
2: it that's it right? well and there's so many reasons for that and for women it's especially that you have this little being hanging on all your body surfaces all day long mm. and so they the, a woman may get all her sort of touch needs met You know, by an infant. And so by the end of the day, she's like, you got to be kidding me. Don't not touch me. You know, I am touched out. So um, what happens is to a lot of couples is they become roommates and co-parenters. And this falls to the bottom of the list of priorities. And they wake up one day having not had sex for years um, and wonder why they don't care that much for each other. Their intimacy isn't really there. And they don't even feel very confident or good about themselves, their bodies. And then at the end of the day, they want out. Chips, yeah, be your experience? too, I gather?
4: Yeah, I have three children under five. Oh, jeez. And there's some connection so between, sex. between sex and the babies, because it <laughs> seems like I have sex with my wife, and then there's something <laughs> like, ten months later. So <laughs> I'm working you know. on that right now. Glad so observant. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually listening. Can we talk later <laughs> privately? Because that's my life. Um, it is tr- with three little kids. It's yeah. really difficult, and I get letters like that. And the guy, it's very funny because the guy will explain. You know, he'll I not have enough sex. And at the very end of the letter, go, uh, P.S., we have five children under five. Oh. Right, exactly. And you want to say, uh, Let you up need for, to write me to yeah, ask that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Letter up for a, air. Yeah, that's right. Chip, filming yourself. Good, bad, healthy? Do you ever recommend it? I have never done it. And I, <gasps> I really... I
6: thought you did everything. Well, that,
4: I don't want to see myself. Uh, I'd rather watch the fantasy people. <laughs> they look a lot better. Um, you know, the problem that I... You see this a lot online now with people taking pictures of themselves and of their genitalia and putting it up and I just don't see the appeal well, I wouldn't put it on it. the web well I'm, I'm talking about for self use if famous, you, create, you if you're, filming yourself, if you're filming yourself if you yourself, it may end up on the web that's always my fear. Yeah. I don't want that record out there and blackmail somebody blackmailed then, then the seventh sex editor would come in <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah, what do you think
2: you know I probably wouldn't recommend it um for actually the reasons you just said because you just it's da- it's a little dangerous and you know there could be serious and very ungood ramifications. But I will tell you the motivation, and that's why I never like to say never, Mm. um, because it's it's not really dangerous, and that's where I would certainly draw the line. (laughs) But everybody has exhibitionistic and voyeuristic impulses. Again, that's a part of human nature. Some people, it's much more intense than others. And so for some people, the wish to look and be looked at is so stimulating that, you know, that would be a very big deal. Now, I would say, if that's the only way that you can be aroused, then you have a problem. I mean, if the only way you can be aroused is to either, you know, through sadism, masochism, exhibitionism, voyeurism, or some object, you know, then we're talking about a perversion, and mm-hmm. it really limits, limits you sexually. And is that how you define
3: a perversion, where it becomes the only way you can get sexual fulfillment? correct.
2: If the only way you can be stimulated, you know, I'll give you an example. This this was from actually from my book, Anatomy of a Secret Life, is that T. E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, had a flagellation perversion. The on, he never had a partner. The only way that he could be sexually stimulated and satisfied was to be beaten. Is that wrong? And um, is that wrong? <laughs> I would say that's mentally extremely unhealthy, yeah. um, and it causes you great grief and unhappiness. I mean, you're not having real intimacy with you're having. Intimacy with an object, um, and that that's not real intimacy. So, yeah, that's that's really a, that's really a perversion, and that's something that is difficult to treat, but needs to be treated.
3: So we're going to play a little game now. I'm going to ask a question. We'll get to the point counterpoint. Chip, I'll start with you. Male orgasm. It's going to be topic number one. All right? Good topic. It's good. Is there a way to prevent premature ejaculation?
4: Well, um, that's a very common question to the advisor, and we have a... Standard form letter that kind of that goes right? it goes through. <laughs> well, it mentions uh, Helen Kaplan's book and which is a you know Kegel exercises. It kind of goes through the basics, and but it's really difficult, you know. And in, in the advice I'm writing back, there's always at the end is like you should see a doctor about this because it's really difficult to diagnose that based on the details they have in the letter.
3: Although I must say, if I had premature ejaculation, going to see a doctor about it would probably not be. A likely event.
2: I get a lot of these emails, you do. a lot, a lot, sure. Because um, it's a very, it's embarrassing. It's the kind of thing you'd rather do by anonymous email sure. than go <laughs> in. Um, and and um, usually a man pretty much knows actually when he does have.
0: A to define trajectory. it for course. You know,
2: it really it's it's you know lasting age. It, it's it's there's no number. It's really lasting just a much shorter time than you would want to. I mean, and we're not talking about somebody who wants to last twenty minutes and you know can't, but you know really where it's happening much quicker. And there's no, and and engaging in, in, in an ability to really arouse your partner is really diminished. And there are a number of things you can do. The, the stop start method is actually quite effective. And basically, it's a whole it's a technique that can be taught to you by a sex therapist, or you know, you could probably even get the book. But it has to do with uh, with basically learning control. So it and and. It's about understanding that moment of inevitability. Every man has a moment of inevitability. So, what it sort of slows you in the process so that you can feel just before, before mm-hmm. that time. And your partner can help you with this by going very slowly, stopping at mm-hmm. a certain point. Um, there's something called the squeeze technique, or basically, you squeeze squeeze the the base of the organ mm. um, before that moment of inevitability, which sort of decreases arousal. Mm. Using a condom can be very helpful. Mm. It actually, you know, minimizes the sensitivity. Um, and so some men actually find that if they use a condom, it really takes the edge off. And there is, believe it or not, a, it, it was a side effect found from serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are used as antidepressants. Um, that it may delay ejaculation, which for some men is a real problem. But upon discovering that, um, they've been working on a sort of a short-acting serotonin reuptake agent that right. can be taken, you know, prior to sex and delays the orgasm. So,
3: so the, the 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 Viagra B Cialis anti anti Viagra <laughs> <laughs> I, I I therapy for Levitra.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, let me say that premature ejaculation is often a result. Of, uh, of of being nervous about performance, uh, about a lack of confidence. Mm. So sometime, actually, you really need to go back and figure out what is causing it. Some people just, some men just have it. They are more sensitive. Other men, in fact, are lacking confidence or something happened, like they started to lose their erection or something that made them nervous, and then they developed the P.E., And if that's the case, then you really want to treat the root of that. So believe it or not, I thought of that because you mentioned Viagra, using one of those kinds of medications for a little while so that you're sure and you have confidence I'm going to have a good erection can actually treat the PE.
4: Although it's interesting that I get letters from guys because they lose their erection during sex when you say they're nervous. An erection is like needs to be fed. So if a guy... Pauses for other activity, it may go away, and sometimes that freaks him out because he has this idea that he should be erect the whole all the time, time. in the end right and there was also a study it 's funny you mentioned like it's really hard to define you know what it is. They did a study and found you know the average among all these guys was seven minutes, and so any, they, were, they were defining it as anything below two minutes it right. Was, is a problem, but even that's hard to say. It's like you mentioned that, and then the guy that may not be the case, it's got to be kind of consistent. You maybe have a problem one time, but not the next time. Right. right. So you're so really I, probably I, seeing people who've. It's sure, but that's a great you know,
3: point. If it's not consistently there, you can't jump right. at it. And right. the, the, the amount of time in between events will affect. Uh, for for a lot of guys, how how readily they could hold off. Absolutely. So
4: these are all variables. If you have but, three children under five, yes, for instance, <laughs> that's good example. And you're having sex once a year. Get his wife yeah. in here, then please. You, <laughs> yeah, I
6: think Asshole. you're not qualifying to be the, the Playboy advisor <laughs> <right> these <laughs> days. Let me
4: tell you, not right now. All right, Jim, next question to you. <laughs> okay. for, for five
3: points, uh, is there such a thing as male multiple orgasms?
4: Well, um, I think there is, and it's interesting to read the books. There's all these books coming out about it that men can do this. And what I find interesting is they've found these guys, um, for instance, Beverly Whipple over at Rutgers, found guys who can orgasm like six, in the lab, 16 times. So have no reflex. And they found. Can we get one of those guys on the show, please?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I can't get the producers to call one of these guys.
4: And they found, I have two studies I've seen, and they think it's like a prolactin, Uh something with that, where they don't have the chemical that stops us. And mm. so that may someday lead to a pill to, you know, the idea that a guy could pop a pill and then. Oh, women that might will be to, so happy yeah, 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 yeah. I some was going to Gail's perked <laughs> up. Gail was slouching in her chair. I earlier. can't wait. It's going to be
3: great. <laughs> women, women will, actually,
2: women will not be so happy about that. In Why? fact, that's what happened when Viagra came out. There were a slew of women who were like, you're coming at me with What? because... Put that down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not all women are going to be so happy about that, because, you know, a certain amount of time is good, forever and ever is, for a lot of women, not good. Uh, A lot of people have sort of matching sexual dysfunctions, where, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's not working that great for him, it's not working that great for her, that's great, and then suddenly he's like, oh, I'm good to go forever, (laughs) and you know what? She's not so happy.
4: Gail, I think we could all make adjustments. Yes. Make. <laughs> Oral sex,
3: good, bad, important. What if? The, what if the desires don't match? It's an easy one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you know, it 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 uh, it's good in the sense that it it is another thing to do. It's another way to be intimate for women. Um, It is direct stimulation, and for the most part, women need more direct stimulation. Only 20% of women can orgasm through intercourse because there's not enough direct clitoral stimulation, that is. So they can be wonderful in terms of that. Um, And I think for the most part, most men and women really enjoy it, um, and why not do things that your partner enjoys? That being said, there are some people who are tremendously uncomfortable with it. I think, you know, you can't force your partner, nor should you force your partner to do something that really is uncomfortable for them. This is where you have to make compromises. This is where, you know, maybe doing it this way but not this way is okay. Um, you know, and and there are some women who are so uncomfortable with their own genital that they put themselves in their husband's position, and they can't imagine why the heck he would want to do this. It is so disconcerting to them. And that's when, you know, you would try to work on their comfort.
4: Chip, what do you think? Well, I, I get this letter once in a while from a guy who wants to know his wife won't let him perform it on her. And because she's exactly what you say, yes. she's uncomfortable with it. When I get a letter from a guy saying she won't perform it on me... That's really sad in a way. I don't think I don't think most men can imagine going through their life without it.
2: Never having it, and I, it seems and much and that's more when important a compromise, to men because sometimes actually it's something quite specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you know I, I won't go into too much detail, but to say you know maybe it's a specific technique or it's a specific um, you know exactly how it all finishes out, shall we say? Yeah. And 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 a compromise can be made there. Like I I'm comfortable doing this. But I'm I'm not comfortable with that part. But instead, what happens is everybody gets so uncomfortable around yeah, right, that right. she's just like, eh, the door's closed, well, and he's angry.
4: It's too bad, because men, I think, really enjoy doing it because of the response they get. Sure. And it's very arousing to listen. Sure. As, you well, know.
3: well, on this arousing commentary, we're going to stop for just a second, <laughs> let, let people get some more coffee and tea. We have a lot more to talk about, but first, let's take a quick break.
1: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty.
3: All right, here's the here's the big question. Chip. you start with this one? How can a man uh tell when a woman reaches orgasm? I and mean, all of us saw the, uh, the you know the classic scene with Billy Crystal, right, where uh, you know he assumes that all along the sex has been great. Right. And he uh, is convinced in the middle of a crowded restaurant that it may not be the case.
4: Right. I think I think that um the advice they give on that is the breathing is one something to watch because there are things that are hard to fake. And again, they've done a brain study where they had women fake one and then have the real one. Yeah to show which parts of her brain lit up. So can That's you f- not something a guy can use. But, I, you know, I always listen to my wife's breathing. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, get up and accuse her, and then it kind of goes <laughs> from there. It doesn't go very well. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, I think most guys, it depends on what you're doing. I think if you're, if you're having oral sex, and she's telling you what feels good and what doesn't, you know, there should be communication going on. So the idea of a woman faking it to kind of get it over with tells to me that they're not discussing as they're having sex what turns them on, it's... There's, and she wants it over, there's something, a bigger problem there.
3: You know, both of you have talked about speaking about what feels good, but doesn't that sort of cut the mood? Isn't there, don't many people have an expectation that they should already know, or, that, or their partner should already know how to oh, do it? Oh,
4: sure they do. And that's, um, you know, in, if you just describe, like, one of the tricks to kind of rev things up is you describe out loud what your partner's doing to you. Mm-hmm. You know, what feels good, and it's a way to learn what feels good, but it also gets kind of hot, because you can just use very plain terms, you don't have to be an erotica writer, but, and just the idea that it's being voiced, that you're kind of thinking about what you're doing, and we talked about that earlier, your your mind's not drifting off to baseball or whatever, because you're, you know, describing back and forth, I'm going to do this, I'm doing this, that kind of thing. But, you know, the idea, I get letters from women who think that the men are faking, which is always confusing to me, but I guess if you're, right, you don't see the evidence, the guy's like, oh, we're done I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no evidence, you know. Yeah, there's no <laughs> evidence. But it always struck me as as odd that you would that a woman would uh, not know. But I've gotten letters from men who have faked it as well. Said I fake it, Yeah. So yeah, do, do, do women fake orgasms a lot?
2: Um, too much, yes, too hmm. much. And uh, and that is usually because there is some difficulty with um, you know in the relationship. There's there's you know un- actually the person themselves is either inhibited and can't talk about any, and has no idea actually really what works for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she feels that she doesn't want to disappoint him, and she doesn't want it to go on forever. So, it's a, for a lot of women, it's a way of controlling the situation. I will define when it happens, what happens, and when it's over. Um, and it's a way, and, it, and frankly, it is a way of withholding to some degree from the partner, look, passive-aggressive things go on in relationships, and this may be one of them. That, you know, I try to tell, first of all, I would say, how can you tell? You can't. I wish that you could, but unless you've got the MRI scanner on during sex, <laughs> you're you're probably not. You you know, breathing can be faked. Uh, you know, looking all riled up, sweating, moving around, thrashing, screaming. Right. A woman can do Kegels, and you know, and and. Pretty, you know, pretty reliably pull one over in terms of the contractions that you would oh, be right. feeling. to say the contractions. You know, you, you now. No, I'm afraid there's just no wow. surefire way this of is knowing. Shaking up my whole world. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but um, you know what I try to say to women is, you know, you are only doing yourself a disservice because once you've entered a relationship. And you've faked it. You have completely bypassed the ability to say, you know what? That didn't work for me. A little, little right. I'm sorry. Faster. Today I need. You've just, you know, you, you, you get yourself locked in. And boy, it is hard to backtrack. You know, once you've started faking, it is, it's like confessing a lie. I mean, it's really hard to do. So you've create, you've erected a wall. You know, you created a distance. You robbed your partner of, of, you robbed yourself. And it, it's very hard to undo. So I just, I try to say, like, think about it. Don't just think in the moment. Well, this is going to work for me right now. But try to think about why do you need to fake it? You know, why can't you, even in a non-bedroom moment, and I would say non-bedroom moments are the best time to talk about. Yeah. What's, is that right? Yes, yeah. because yeah, the pressure yeah. isn't on. It's not like, you know, okay, we're talking about it right now. You did it right. You did it wrong. You did, you know, on the sofa, you know, the TV's on. Sitting and, up on the sofa. Yes, yeah, sitting up. Exactly. Separately. Sitting up yeah. on the sofa at the kitchen table, say, you know, I just kind of want to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, but then you and, start talking. You get kind of yeah. hot. Well, listen, yeah. if you <laughs> get hot, I'm not saying you're not allowed to <laughs> go anywhere from there. You
3: especially host a show on, on the couch. <laughs> on the couch.
2: There you go. There you go. But, you know, it just, you, you really need to take the pressure off. It's the, you know, if you're going to say, well... I haven't been completely on the up and up about my orgasms, and I'd really like more of this. You know, doing that in bed is just going to, you know, our our sexual organs are so sensitive to what's going on in our brains that at that moment of maybe feeling a little rejected, a little crestfallen, a little embarrassed, whatever may be going on— It can put the kibosh, which is not a problem if you're sitting up on the sofa or you're sitting at the kitchen table and you have time to recoup. That's good but point. it is a problem if you're suddenly going to lose your erection because, or, you know, you're suddenly going to feel, you know, so uncomfortable you don't want him touching you because that can cascade a whole series of, now I don't want to get in bed again. This is just all rah, embarrassing right. and I'm out of here.
3: So what's the, 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 the most valuable advice uh, a woman can give to a guy? Uh, who wants to please her but never got the lessons along the life line, the path?
2: Um, I would say, you know, ask me. Um, I will will show you. And if he's not comfortable verbally, I mean, you know, there's plenty of nonverbal language to show a person what works. But to say, you know, Let's really be honest with each other. Let's, you know, I don't know for sure what works for you, and you can't know for sure. See, a lot of men feel they're supposed to know or they're just right. not a good lover, and that's absurd because every person is different. What every person needs is, and sometimes it's evolving. So mm-hmm. what felt good to you in your 20s may be different in your 30s, and post right. may be different again. Right. So, you know, to say, like, I'm an ever-changing process, and I really want to keep talking about it and and trying new things and you know so that you don't set up a situation where he feels this great expectation and you do too I, that's I the
4: difference between the kind of good lover and the great lover is asking questions but that's it's my question difficult. for you what, what defines feels, a good yeah, lover it's really the guy lover. who the guy who does who knows better that you're not just going to get this wisdom from the air but you have to ask each woman too if every woman's different you got to expect that you need to just say to her what feels good. What do you like? And I think that's what makes a guy a much better lover than the ones who just go in and say, "Well, she'll love this because this last move worked on my last girlfriend."
6: Right, and do you have, to have an interview before. Yeah, you have an, an, interview. Er- an interview. But
3: I would also say
4: <laughs> that could be a fantasy. Is actually, interview too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And take yeah.
2: and take your time. Sure. I think you know the big you know women. It takes them longer to have an orgasm. They need more time for arousal. That's just a biological fact. Mm. You know, it's sort of like you know, men are a microwave and women are a crock pot. Mm. And you know, if a, <laughs> if if if, 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 we, if they don't both understand that, um, then then there's going to be fallout. That you know, it 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 has to be okay to take a while because otherwise the woman feels. And I've heard millions of women say this. Oh my God, he must be getting bored. I have to hurry up. I have to hurry up. And the more that she thinks I have to hurry up, the l- she's going to sure. end up faking it because right. that's what happens. She feels like, why it's not happening fast enough, and he must be like, "Hello, I'm looking at my watch. What's going on?"
4: Right. And, no, and he's, so he's not saying that. He's saying, "Oh my God, I'm having sex. This is incredible. <laughs> I can't believe it. She's totally hot. You know, yeah. she's not, she's having do, a great orgasm." Do
6: people think that they're bad in bed? I mean, everyone, all of us in this, in this room would say, "Yeah, we're great in bed." Are there people who no. actually think they're lousy?
2: Lots of people think really? lots of people have insecurities because, look, you look at all the sexualization in the media mm. and you think that's what I'm supposed to be, right? I'm supposed to look this certain way. It's supposed to be this effortless sort of Vaseline lens where <laughs> we're moving around and it's so every limb is in the right place. And that's not what sex is. It's like, you know, I've, I'm working hard, I'm sweating, <laughs> I'm, you know. It's messy. It's messy. <laughs> and if you can't. You know, so a lot of people, yes, think, you know, ooh, I don't look right, or I'm not doing it right, and...
4: But it keeps them out of the bedroom, and it's not <laughs> a thing, you know, that's the thing that keeps them yes. from going to start it out, so... Chip, G-spot, does it exist? Uh, I love the G-spot. Is it real? I think it is, sure. They found, they're finding it scientifically, and I think, I think... The, well, I know the scientific yeah. data, there's a
3: plexus uh, of nerves that actually meet in the, just behind... Right. Uh, the, the, uh, the, ...the vaginal wall... Uh, and it's, you know, it's about two inches above where you'd enter. But uh, I'm not sure that it actually provides the kind of satisfaction to women.
4: No, I think, it's, I think what they're finding is that some women are very sensitive, as every woman's different, and some are less sensitive. And what I found really fascinating was the Australian study that found that clitoris goes six, five or six inches into the body, and that may well be... That's in Australia. Yeah, only in Australia, <laughs> so which I'm leaving for tomorrow. But, um, but that may be the G spot may actually be part of the you know the clitoral. It all may be hooked together, which is is makes sense. Yeah, I, I actually thought, uh,
3: and I have to check this that it's in, in part related to the nerve structures that innervate the prostate. I know anatomically mm-hmm. it's not quite what you think it would be, but it seems that's what's happened. Sure, that it's migrated up,
4: and, and there, So it's all the same tissue. Yeah. You know, it all comes from the same tissue. Gail, yes or no? G Spot.
2: My you know, my feeling is it's been overrated in the sense that there are many erogenous zones and, and and there's just tremendous variation in what's erogenous for a man or a woman for that matter. And so I just feel like to some degree this whole G spot thing, it's put a lot of pressure on women to find their G spot and he's gotta problem. find their G spot and and you know, I mean the bottom line is for most women, the clitoris is the most highly innervated most needing of stimulation in order to have orgasm. But, you know, so Freud kind of did a disservice to women with the whole, you know, are you having the immature clitoral orgasm or the <laughs> mature vaginal orgasm? Right, and, right. you know, that did not help women. So I have no problem. Where, where did you get that idea from? I, 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 he didn't talk to his woman in bed. That's all I can say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, he was a very, he, look, he was brilliant but he was very self-focused. A lot of his thoughts... Were, and he said, the woman the woman is the dark continent. He admitted he didn't really understand women's sexuality so well. So, at any rate, the, the point is, there are many erogenous zones. Use what works for you. Don't have to get so carried away with, you know, am I a woman and am I having an ejaculation because they now say women can or, you know, did I find my G-spot? Because, again, you know, women need to have not have anxiety to, to be aroused and have an orgasm and to not be in conflict and to not feel fearful. There are certain, you know, things that are necessary emotionally for a woman to be able to move toward orgasm. So if, if this is enjoyable for you, hurrah. And if it's if it's not, who cares, you know, as long as there is something that's enjoyable Just, Yeah, for you, you
4: really have to have that attitude about it because the G-spot, it does, there is all this emphasis on it. And you do get, we get letters from there from women who, I can't find it. Yeah, they're upset right. about it. What do we it. do? Right. It,
2: it, makes, it, it reinforces some idea for them. And, th- of course, they're the ones that are probably most likely to ask you that question. Mm-hmm. That there's something wrong with their genital. That they're damaged in some way or they're right. not working in some way. Which is, a, by the way, another common common theme that I hear. Mm-hmm. Comes out of some childhood things of, you know, uh, to some degree. Their Freud was a little bit right, you know, with what happened to my penis. I don't have anything on the outside. That Believe it or not. Women really think that? some women really do hold on to that. It may be conscious, it may be more unconscious, but it usually presents in the form of, am I damaged in some way? Does my genital not work so well? And it's reinforced by the fact that men have something to look at. They pretty much know how it works. It's pretty clear cut. And women, you know, let's face it, it's a little murkier. It's a little like, where exactly is everything? It's a little hard spot. I mean, that's why to some degree, women often need to take a look and know what works for them before they can tell their partner.
3: Gil Saltz, it's a great pleasure having you on. Pleasure to be here. Uh, we'll see you much more again. Your book, Anatomy of a Secret Life and Changing You, uh, as well as all the programming you do. Everyone stay tuned. Uh, Chip Rowe, Playboy Advisor, Senior Editor at Playboy Magazine. Thanks for joining us.